You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new film, The Owl and the Sparrow, our guest today, director, writer, and cinematographer Stefan Gauger, follows three young Vietnamese over a period of five days as they meet in Saigon. Gauger was born in Saigon and raised in Orange County, California. The Owl and the Sparrow won Best Narrative Feature at the 2007 San Francisco Asian American International Film Festival. The film is screening this week at the Edwards West Park 8 in Irvine, the Regal Garden in Garden Grove, and the Lemley Sunset 5 in Los Angeles. Stefan Gauger, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me, guys. Congratulations on a wonderful film. Thank it's, you. Thank it, you very much. It, it's, it's a beautiful little... Did, did you intend it when you started off to make it uh, almost as if it were a fairy tale? Actually, um, I don't think subconsciously uh, uh, I did, but I think subconsciously uh, uh, definitely an Oliver Twist element came out of that. But it wasn't a conscious decision. But I think whenever you put a child in a film uh, that takes a journey into the big bad world, um, I guess the, the fairy tale elements do kind of come into play. Uh-huh. And, um, and yeah, it just became, I guess, more of a fable when the film was, was, was completed yeah. and, and, and finished and cut. And you also have the element of, of loneliness in it too, which all which is a, a theme in fairy tales, where the where the child is lonely. And it seems like we have all three characters in this film are are, uh, are untethered. Yeah, that's definitely a driving uh, theme in the film, and that was definitely a conscious uh, decision to to have the theme of, of alienation in the big city, um, which is a theme that I like in you know other films like Lost in Translation and Chunking Express. Um, so I think uh, that was definitely uh, uh, something that I wanted to drive home, and, and especially in a city that has 8 million people, you can't, yes. you can't feel pretty lonely. Now, you were born in Saigon. What's your personal relationship with that city? I came to the States when I, think, when I was four or five, so oh. I had no, no recollection of it. And then when I was done with, with my university, you know, I graduated in theater, I started working on some, some student films at other uh, film schools around Los Angeles. I met uh, met Vietnamese American uh, filmmakers, and they when we would go back and 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 work on thesis films in Vietnam, like in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And so then I started uh, working on features over there as a gaffer, and uh, I was very familiar was very familiar with um, um, how the city was changing quite fast because the, the country had opened up to the outside, and. Um, I got familiar with the crews over there. I still spoke the language, so it was easy for me to work there. And it was also easy for me to um, kind of um, um, really uh, embrace the culture. You know, so like in, in Alan the Sparrow, when you have kids selling things off the streets, and I was able to to talk to these kids, you know, when I'd sit at cafes and they'd sell me roses and I'd get their stories. Um, so um, it, it was just a very natural fit for me to do, you know, a first feature there. What was the impetus behind the story that you tell in this film? I think I wanted to do a love letter to the city, but I also wanted to do something, um, you know, about uh, something that was character driven. Because I, I, I was, um, I was getting kind of, um, um, I guess, um, antsy to do a feature, and, and I knew that, um, you know, I, I knew Saigon, 
and I knew that I could um, shoot a film cheaply um, um, with uh, the newer digital cameras, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, just try to try to challenge myself with a, a short shooting schedule and also uh, a limited budget. How, how long did you spend shooting? Oh, it was a 15-day shoot. Wow. Yeah. That's a wonderful job for 15 days. I guess. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, the, the film seems full because there are, I think, over 30 locations. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you really get a sense of the city, and we didn't, we didn't block off any streets or, or have marks for the actors. You know, so it was, it was I would say, probably 40% of it was run and gun. Uh-huh. And um, 60% of it was, you know, more controlled. The zoo made for a wonderful location. Did you have uh, to get special permission to shoot there? Yeah, yeah. We, we have our official permit from the government. So you, I submit the script to the government, and they, you know, they, they approved it. They, they liked the script. And uh, that was a relief because, you know, Vietnam is, is, is still communist, so there's censorship. And, um, but, the, you know, the, the, the script does have a positive message, and, and, and they were fine with it. And then uh, with the zoo, uh, yeah, we basically um, um, had to submit it to the, um, the I guess, the uh, executive director of the zoo, was this woman who, um, who uh, you know, she had some issues with some of the stuff that the zoo, you know the zookeeper would, um, how he was, some of the dialogue that he had. You know, mm-hmm. like they said, you know, accurately, uh, a, a zoo in Saigon would never sell off uh, an in, uh, an elephant to India wow. because they have enough elephants in in Vietnam. They they don't really need to import any any more elephants, you know? Yes. So, you know, there were always like, these little dramatic license issues that, that would come up here and there. We're speaking with Stephen Gouger. The film is The Owl and the Sparrow. And what was involved in the casting of the film? Basically, the casting, um, the adult actors were all handpicked uh, through references, through assistant local assistant directors that I had on, on the show. Um, and um, with all the kids, um, uh, it was open casting. And, and I didn't spend a lot of time casting. I think uh, for the main character, the little girl, uh, I saw ten girls in the span of three days. And um, I just uh, um, basically hoped that um, out of those ten girls, you know, one would be uh, okay, and she turned out to be more than okay. She turned out to be, you know, quite, uh, quite a discovery. Yes. Um, and we, yeah, we only casted her two days before we started shooting. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's a handful of um, um, homework for a 10-year-old girl who had never done it before to, to study the script and, and to be able to um, give the performance that she did. Yes. Now, did you work closely with her on the script? Did did you do a lot of uh, uh, her take on what she would say, or did she pretty much read her lines? Well, with all the actors, what I did before we started shooting, the day before we started shooting, was we table read. So we all kind of sat around a table uh-huh. and went through the script line by line. And I wanted the, the 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 dialogue and the language to flow. So I, I told the actors, you know, any. Um, any lines here or there that um, that they wanted to change, you know, a few words here or there, uh, I gave them the, the liberty to do that, to, to make it more natural to them, mm-hmm. so that it was very everyday kind of slice-of-life dialogue. And with the little girl, she's, she's quite smart. Um, and she was able to, uh, 
to understand the tone of the script without me telling her much. I think that um, it was all on the page. You know, she she her character being an orphan girl who's looking, you know, for friendship in the world. I, I think she she understood that, and um, it was just basically. Um, on the set, you know, just kind of give, giving her little notes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, what What is your background? Her in- mother, um, <clears throat> the Hunt is a little girl. Her uh-huh. mother is a um, is a dance instructor. So the little girl um, had to, had you know some dancing experience stage, um, which helped I think because you know it's still a performing art whether you're doing film or, or dance, uh-huh. and I, I think you're still story um, and she was able to understand um, um, repetition you know doing things over and over <laughs> so yeah that that definitely helped that she had some kind of performing art you know experience because I, I personally wanted to you know have some authenticity in the film so I really I wanted to kind of cast um, real street kids off the streets as opposed to having a um, casting session the local directors basically said you know this this character of Twee has so much of a journey and she has to go through so many emotions through the film that you can't just get a, a little girl off the street and have her you know um, um, perform to, to, to the satisfaction of the script um, so that's why they said well you know let's bring in some kids that have you know maybe some experience in one way or another did the uh, did the adult the two adult leads uh, Tilu Lee and Kat Lee did they yeah. have uh, a lot of uh, background in uh, film? They, they had done uh, both one film each. Yeah. Uh, they had one film under their belt each, um, and so they they but they were good films. Um, they weren't um, your typical kind of Asian soap opera actors. They they had done uh, a couple indie films, and so they understood when I told them um, that the film would be naturalistic. Uh-huh. And, you know, to underplay everything, uh, they understood that. So, you know, then you get more nuanced performances as opposed to, you know, very kind of on-the-nose theatrical acting. That's sometimes a problem in Asian films. Well, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Stephen Bajor, and the the film is Owl and the Sparrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is playing in here in Orange County and also... uh, Around Southern California, so you want to want to check that out. But it's playing here at the West Park Eight in Orange County, yeah. and at the Westminster. Um, it's the Garden Theater. Garden, Garden Theater. Uh, yeah, Street. the uh, Garden Grove Sixteen, uh, oh, the Regal, and then the um, uh, Edwards uh, West Park um, in Irvine, yeah. um, and uh, it's expanding. So you know you can go on the website, uh, which is www.owlandthesparrow.com, and you'll see that's uh, for. Uh, the cities that it's expanding to. It's, it's you know, we, we formed our own distribution company to put it out after, you know, oh. receiving some, some very um, not great offers. <laughs> it's oh. tough. It's, well, this is your first feature, so you don't have much, you don't have the track record, I'm sure, that some of these uh, uh, suits are looking for. Um, what is, did, did this go on the, did you take this on the festival circuit before it, uh? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was a whole year of, of film festivals, and um, we, I, you know, we, I, I think we played over like 35, 40 film festivals, and I probably traveled to half of them. And uh, it was great to show the film to um, um, to international audiences because uh, you know, even though it's a Vietnamese language film, it's very universal. Um, so 
you know, I think that uh, it, it it kind of crossed the language barrier and was able to play um, anywhere. You know, I think mm-hmm. anyone can really relate to uh, the themes of family, the themes of uh, loneliness, the yeah. themes of uh, wanting to belong. Well, it's it you know in in that regard, it's, it did very well at the festivals. You know, a lot of wins, a lot of uh, awards uh, along the way. So, congratulations on that. You know, yeah, I, I don't want to concentrate on on the negative, but you said you had trouble getting distribution, and and I find that surprising because I think it's a wonderful little film, I, and I'm, I'm just surprised that that distributors wouldn't be interested in picking up something like this. It might be a, a bit of a specialized market, but it's a it's a, a timeless and, and uh, universal theme. Why do you, what was the reason that distributors were afraid to touch this at first? Uh, you know, they liked it. You know, the distributors liked it, but they were sitting on it. And I think that uh, U.S. distributors are, are generally risk-adverse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they have to really kind of ponder whether, you know, um, um, a gem of a film, you know, whether it's a good film or, or not, is it going to be able to, to recoup after marketing costs. And there's so many, there's so many um, good quality films out there. So, you know, Alan the Sparrow has to compete with a lot of uh, foreign films coming out of the Berlin Film Festival and the Cannes Film Festival. So it's just a, a saturated market. So you really got to um, um, kind of, kind of hook these U.S. distributors sometimes, whereas, you know, foreign uh, companies, you know, if they like the film, they'll, they'll touch your check right there after the screening. Huh. And U.S. distributors, uh, they're notoriously risk-adverse, and they'll, they'll sit on a film for a while. And, um, and uh, yeah, that was the situation. And, and, you know, after getting a couple small offers, uh, we just decided it was more um, advantageous to kind of uh, try it on our own and, and form our own company and, and hope to acquire, uh, you know, one or two films a year from Asia to, to put out the same way we're putting out Owl and the Sparrow, which is, you know, starting off with uh, a couple markets and expanding slowly. Now, now do you, I, this, uh, you're, you've really in the last maybe year or two really gone through quite a, uh, a steep uh, learning curve here. You've gone from uh, uh, sort of a... Uh, part of the crew to now you're a director, a writer, you've done cinematography now, and you're moving into the sort of the business side of uh, of things. Uh, what has that journey been like in the last couple of years for yourself? Well, um, I think with, with with independent films nowadays, you can't just be, you know, a creative type. I think that you also have to put on a business hat because you, you need to sustain your career and you need to know how to market your film. <laughs> and you need to know how to, you know, get the film out there to have people pay a $10 ticket to come see it. And um, that's just the reality to survive. I think that you have to be a little business savvy now. I, I personally enjoy the creative side a lot more. You know, I enjoy I enjoy being on set. Um, but I think, uh, you know, for me, um, uh, it is a necessity to, to kind of know how to sell your film and how to, you know, look at your contracts and things like that. Um, is there but, is there a, a a sage bit of advice or two for uh, for a lot of uh, young filmmakers uh, listening to film school and are looking uh, not only to make the film but uh, do what you're doing, get into the side where it's actually going to be seen? Uh, is there is there something that of a pitfall or uh, something that you uh, you know you would like to impart to to these young filmmakers who to really kind of help them along? Well, with the distribution game, I, I, I will have to say that was the toughest part, you know, yeah. uh, tougher than writing the script and tougher than shooting the film. 
and 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 you know you have your checklist, you know. So you know you 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 try to write a good script and you make a good film and you cast well and you win festivals and you get good reviews, and you start checking off this list and it's all great. But the biggest uh, hurdle is is distribution uh, because um, there are only um, so many screens and there are a lot of independent films. And um, well, you know, even even right now, Alan the Sparrow is, is playing um, in theaters opposite uh, films like The Reader and Doubt and you know, Ray Married. You know, and, and these these films are, are are geared for the same audience, so you know, it, it's competitive. We basically have a in our distribution company. We have a booker who's got a lot of experience, and and uh, and uh, we have to just basically tell the uh, theater owners, hey, you know. Um, yeah. Um, trust us that we'll bring in some numbers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because you know uh, theater owners they they they're in the business of, of selling tickets. So mm-hmm. you have to prove to them that your indie film will get an audience, and uh, if if it does do decent numbers, you'll stay in the theaters. Yeah. And you know so we're we're in we're in these theaters uh, for a third week straight now. Uh, we're not yeah we're not doing phenomenal because of all these Oscar nominated films, but you know we're we're, we're holding steady. <laughs> Um, now, do you have and, do you have a game plan for post theater? Are you looking at do you go to an IFC channel or Sundance channel? Do you start working the, the HBOs of the world for or have you gotten to that part of yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, basically, uh, with the theater release, it, it, it uh, raises the value of film. Uh-huh. So now, now we can come out to you know um, whatever video distributor or whatever pay per view channel. And say, okay, you know, here are the reviews, and and here are the the major cities that we've played, um, and and with with the exposure that the film gets theatrically, it it helps um, the awareness of the film, so the the video value raises, so that that you know that was very strategic. Um, well, you're yeah. also up for a uh, film independent uh, nominee as a film independent award, as a Jan Cassavetti's award. I I hear is is that affecting uh, the sellability of all? No, that's more. You know, the 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 Spirit Awards are great, but that's more of a um, you know, it's more of a resume thing. It's more of an ego thing. Uh-huh. It's nice, nice to be nominated, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't get you uh, any you know meetings with with Hollywood agents. Um, well, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it doesn't hurt. You know, yeah. it doesn't hurt. Yeah. No, I mean, it it's, hurt. It, it, it's nice to have that uh, those nominations, and it's nice to go to the Spirit Awards and and be surrounded by other great independent films. I mean, last year when we Attended, you know, uh, uh, that Diving Bell, the Butterfly was was got a slew of nominations, and that was one of my favorite films from last year. Yeah. It's nice to be in the company of those those films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if there if there was a, a piece of advice, I, I would say, you know, instead of spending fifty thousand dollars on a on a short film for for young filmmakers, you know, try to write a script smaller and and spend that fifty thousand dollars on a feature, and and hope that. Um, the vision that you you have to tell uh, will strike a chord. Uh, well, in, in the, well, in in that vein, I mean, your film and uh, Ballast and uh, Mama's Man; those are films that were made for virtually no money, and some of the best films that were produced in two thousand and eight. So, I appreciate that that, that that's yeah. happening. <clears throat> yeah, I think so too. Right now, uh, the Alan the Sparrow's playing side by side with like. Um, Films like Wendy and Lucy, yeah. and you know that was also done very cheap, and it was about you know one woman kind of um, journeying through the uh, yeah. 
the Northwest, and it's a very small film, but you know there, there's an audience for that too. And and um, and uh, you know I'd love to to continue doing these independent films, but at the same time you have to kind of be a little bit smart about how to recoup and 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 uh, sustain your career so that you can have the time to write more more independent-minded films. Um, so yeah, definitely the uh, there's a big learning curve with the business side. Well, well, Stefan Gouger, thank you so much for, for being here on Film School. The film is Owl and the Sparrow. It's playing at uh, the West Park 8 uh, and the Westminster Garden Grove 16. And uh, look for it and uh, search it out. It's a terrific film, and thank you for being here on Film School. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. To learn more about Film School listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.